0: Welcome everybody to another edition of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix. Of course, I am your host, Danny Brown. And this week I am joined by one of the co-founders of State 48, Mike Spangenberg. Welcome to the show, Mike.
1: Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, I know that you guys are super busy. Um, you know, it, like I was saying before we started recording, it seems like every time I turn around, I see State 48 somewhere, whether it's on some somebody's t-shirt, uh, a sticker on their car, sticker on their laptop. Uh, I just see your guys' branding everywhere. So it's been uh, really cool to see. And I see it in uh, when I'm traveling in other states. I see people wearing State 48 shirts.
1: Yeah, that, that, that never gets old. That's amazing to hear. And yeah, it's obviously been eight years, a lot of hard work. And <clears throat> thankfully, people you know, love it and continue to support it. So um, yeah, collaboration is a big help to allowing us to get in front of different demographics and people, but yeah,
0: always great to hear that. Yeah. It's funny. You said eight years. I've always said that every overnight success is 10 years in the making.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know who who it was. I think the other day on Twitter, I think it was Elon Musk. And he said, so tired of people calling me lucky. I work 24, like 16 hour days, seven days a week for the last 15 years and people keep calling me lucky or something so (laughs) you know you get that a lot of people like oh it must be nice to do this and that it's like yeah you're not seeing all the work that goes in goes into it but it you know it's it is what it is but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of work that goes into sustaining anything
0: well let's you know let's uh dive into that a little bit so take me back to 2013 when you guys uh uh, got started what was that like and kind of what triggered you guys to 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 start state 48
1: yeah I'll, I'll even go a little bit <clears throat> further back because you know I was born and raised in Arizona and and it used to drive me crazy that like nothing was representing Arizona in kind of a fashionable positive way you know not to knock Walgreens but back three for ten Walgreens shirts were the only thing representing Arizona and you know it was kind of in my opinion the corny way to to do it and you know, Arizona, is such a beautiful state to be in. Like we could do better than that. So I always loved clothes, you know, back to school shopping is probably my favorite thing to do um, regarding the school. Um, I loved Arizona, I'm very passionate about sports or sports teams. And uh, it just really just upset me that like nothing like ever wanted to leave to go to California or New York to try to do something. It's like start something here. So like, um, that's kind of like where the passion came from. And then like officially i Briefly tell the story, but like, you know, I was writing down names of like a brand probably for like a year, you know, while working in the hotel industry and nothing ever really caught on. And, you know, my partner at the time and friend growing up, who I never thought we'd been in business together, we were living together. And he said, State 48. And I still, to this day, I'm like, I tell people, and I'm like, no shame of it, but I'm like, what's State 48? And he was like, Arizona is the 48th state. And it was like that aha moment where like he came out brushing his teeth. He said, that I was like, I'm like, uh, at my desk like in my house like just doing whatever um and it was like boom like <clears throat> okay we got the name okay now we need to create a logo We brought his his uh, younger brother who's my current partner self-taught graphic designer he created our main logo and kind of here we are today
0: it's it's interesting that you say that because i'm a native to arizona as well and you know in our age demographic there's not a lot of us and while growing up i had the same issues in and frustrations that you mentioned as well that there was no real sense of pride for being from Arizona and I always I'm a diehard Arizona fan when it comes to our sports teams and I hated going to games because you would always be outnumbered by the other fans and there was just never this sense of pride because everybody was from everywhere else um and you actually did something about it where I just piss and moan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a thing. That's a like, transplants and people coming from here, there's a reason why people come from here. that's a beautiful thing. I mean, my family was born and raised in New York, they came out to go to ASU, and then I was born here. But, like, it just seemed like, whatever reason, like, just again, against the sense of the pride, it just pissed me off that, like, you know, going to Cardinal games in Sun Devil Stadium, most of the fans being opposing fans, always kind of being like that laughing stock and like the underdog or like you know we used to do first fridays before it was cool to do first fridays when it was just in a dirt lot and you know we tr- we hustled and, and sold everywhere we could but yeah now it's just like now it's just amazing to see like generation like you know certain generations to start to grow up here when you compare us to like a new york or boston or people with all this rich history of course like we're such a young state still so like yeah but look out look out for arizona and you know you talking 50 years from now And it's, it's, I mean, it's already cool to see how many people obviously moving here every day, uh, but how much people now when they move here, they want to stay here and they love it. So um, it is amazing to to see the, the, the the, the improvement and like the pride of of their state, like really building like a community too.
0: Yeah. That sense of culture over, and I feel like it's been within the last kind of 10 or 15 years that it's really started to, to take shape and blossom. And I think it has a lot to do with, again, our generation aging up and becoming the leaders within the community and, and expressing that sense of pride. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see it. And, and I'm a huge fan of what, what you guys are doing. Um, so, you know, you have this iconic logo that you guys developed. Uh, what was the, is there a story behind how you developed that or you know, how did you come up with this logo?
1: Yeah, so like I said, uh, partner, self-taught graphic designer, we brought him on board to like originally just, hey, create a logo for us, and he was like, pitched us like forward, I mean, you know, obviously with knowing State 48 was a name, we wanted it to be about Arizona, here you go, here's the vision, put it together, right, so then he comes up with like four or five different ideas, and one being our logo, and it was just, again, it was kind of like, that aha moment of not only the name but then you saw the logo but the really cool thing is too like anyone starting something like you're gonna you know share ideas or you know visuals to people and you like people are always gonna go, oh, that's cool you know I was support you know like but like people were like really like super excited about the logo and the name and they're like that's how again we kind of knew we had something special so then we submitted for trademark right away and you know it was eye-opening to know how long that process took, you know, it's probably different now, but it took almost like a year to get officially approved. And um, so, yeah, again, it started before 2013 when we legally could like, you know, do it the right way and start selling state 48. That was, that was when it all came about in March, 2013.
0: So since you've done that, it seems like, it seems like your brand's grown quite a bit. And while it's grown, I think you've got a lot of copycats as well. How how have you guys navigated that? How do you deal with trademark infringements, and what's it like to to have your brand be confused with with other brands?
1: Yeah, and like we were talking earlier, you know, it's it's a compliment, and try to you know stay positive as possible, and try to focus just on what we're doing. And I think the cool thing is people did recognize the good name, but also just more of like the positive side. Again, it was like so many people want to represent Arizona. Um, but yeah, the the reality is, it costs us a lot of money to police our mark. And you know, when people are infringing on our our trademark or our word mark, you know, we have to constantly be paying to do that. Otherwise, it becomes, you know, I um, I don't know the legal I don't I don't remember the legal jargon, but it becomes like a common name, and then so you always have to be policing your mark, spending a lot of money. Um, and you know, we get calls, you know, thinking where the you know they'll call us and leave us a voicemail saying, Hey, my tires didn't get done because there's a take, state 48 tire shop or, Hey, when are you guys going to show up for my AC with a state for air conditioner? You know, people always confuse us with the brewery, which we're not affiliated with them. So, you know, social media, we get tagged on them. We just educate people and let them know. But, um, you know, again, you, you kind of do it. You, I don't know, I'm big on like just focus on what you can control and we'll just continue to um, do what we're doing but yeah there's definitely some frustration to it but again it's, it's kind of is what it is
0: yeah I mean've I've seen state 48 I think in real estate state 48 insurance uh, you mentioned the air conditioner of course the brewery um, that I, I think I would find that incredibly frustrating that you have to spend brain time focusing on policing your own name and your own creative, entity that you you know that you developed
1: Yeah, it's, it's probably it's more of like the, the any organizations that like infringe or like sell shirts with state you know like thing if it's state state 40 insurance what you know what it is what it is people are going to obviously not confuse the two but the, the problem is like the biggest problem about it all is that you know let's say a restaurant or, or a brewery like if they're if we can't if, if people are already thinking we're the same we can't control how they treat people and we pride ourselves on customer service so like if someone goes to their establishment or whatever establishment and they had a terrible experience experience they automatically are going to be like oh i'm never buying a shirt for them like a, you know like you just can't control that stuff so and that's unfortunate because you can't also measure like when how often that is happening right unless you get an email or or a message or or what it is but um that's that's the biggest you know worry is just like we again we have spent so much time trying to build a brand that people you know love and respect because we so much more about selling t-shirts and hats we really want to make a difference in our community um but you know if we get a bad reputation from another organization it's just unfortunate because we can't control that so that that's the biggest fear of it all
0: yeah what um So you said you're you know you're more than a clothing brand. So what other things are you doing in the community to kind of support Phoenix and support Arizona?
1: Yeah, so I think that's evident of like um, our collaborations. If you're familiar with our brand, you'll you'll see on social media we're always we're always doing co branded designs. Uh, I mean, the last couple of years we've worked with probably 300 plus different organizations on co on co brand design. So essentially we're creating a custom design for them, which they can use whether it's a nonprofit or a restaurant or uh, you name it, right? Um, uh, ice cream place, or it's it's a, it's absolutely incredible that people want to be associated with our brand. So like, again, we want to be recognized as that brand of Arizona. Um, so with that, you know, with those collaborations, like we help support, you know, their initiatives, you know, on the marketing side, or they're able to use this as a revenue generator to sell, um, you know, if, if, if t-shirts have been a, a kind of an afterthought for an organization or a nonprofit, at. But if they put a cool, you know, we create a custom design, a cool like stories, add State 48 logo. It's, it's proven it adds value and they're able to, you know, sell it and turn it into a revenue generator. So like, obviously collaborations really helped us kind of like um, evolve into like being able to do more. You know, we try to give back as much as possible. And then, then we realized, okay, like we can only do so much on the for-profit. So last year, you know, December, last year, we officially launched State 48 Foundation. Um, so that's an evident of like again we want to be known as more than just selling t-shirts and hats but we had to separate that from the for-profit because we're still going to do our thing on the for-profit but you can only do so much um, uh, again on the for-profit so we created this foundation which is going to be supporting entrepreneurship and helping other people provide you know provide those resources where hey we know how it was to get started you know and, and, and ultimately we think that's going to be able to make a big difference in the community we'll do other parts on the on the foundation too. I won't bore you with everything, but like, we're still going to be heavily involved in the community, but now doing it through the, the foundation.
0: Gotcha. So you said you were support, supporting entrepreneurs through the foundation. Is that like setting up a, an incubator or yeah. Uh, yeah, so entrepreneurs? It,
1: yeah. So this is still like so new, right? Like um, the cool thing is we've been working really, really hard behind the scenes since even well before December when we actually physically launched it we have a board of of seven members. Now we have committee members. So we're really building an army to help us. But what our main focus is, and we're getting close to launch is creating the entrepreneurship series where it's kind of like a, you know, the, the different pieces of a business. So we don't want to go too in depth at the beginning, but like, I know again, when I firsthand experience of like, when I got started, we had no money, no resources. We didn't know where to get started. So we can, you know, what the goal is to like, say you're going to talk about legal, you know, we're going to talk and we know we're not the only organization who ever has done something like this, but what we're going to do is bring in all our other relationships in the Valley experts in there, you know, feel, this is not just going to be come from state 48 uh, really being able to give them practical tips and kind of share those stories because I know I get that question asked all the time. Where do I go from this? Where do I go to this? Like whether it's a vendor question or a legal question. So really, and now more than ever with COVID, like, people really, like, restarted their, their career sometimes. So, like, whether you're 10 years old or 50 years old, we really feel like we can make a difference of, like, providing this valuable information that's going to be free, but then awarding uh, scholarships at the end to be like, hey, we we started this business with 1500 bucks. We know how much a 1000 bucks or whatever that number is can do to, like, get uh, ideas started. So, I'm um, really, really stoked about that. We'll be able to be able to Kind of announce that soon, but it's just been a it's been a ton of work to um, get going. So again, just proof that like we really want to create this organization that's so much more than just selling product.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just by supporting kind of the startup scene and entrepreneurs in in Arizona, you're helping grow just our community and making it that much stronger. So I think that's right. really fantastic. Um, so tell me a little bit about your your team, and you know, I know that. Uh, you know, no business owner can do great things by themselves. So what does what does your team structure look like over at State 48?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. So I'll kind of start from the beginning when it was, um, again, so my, myself, Stefan, and Nick um, all started this. We went in three equal partners. <clears throat> we were all working full-time jobs first couple of years. Um, but yeah, my biggest piece of advice and like what we did well is like utilize our resources in the community right we're from Arizona um give you a couple examples like some of the positions that it takes to to get us started you know was was a photographer was a videographer we're models we're legal you know so like what who how we did it when we had no money and no resources is like okay hey Jenica like you're a great photographer you believe in what we're doing and I think that's very important to you know bring people on board that like are just as passionate about what you're doing as, as you are maybe. So, you know, we were able to bring people on, like a Jenica, a Gabe, you know, all these different people that really like Janice leads up our PR, you know, my brother's ex-girlfriend, like they already had like a skill set, but just looking for some exercise money until we can really get to a point where we can, you know, create those positions, to full-time positions or pay them really what they're worth. So um, that was fun. You know obviously very challenging too but like that's what it took from us at the beginning uh but now we have a team of 13. Or only eight of us are full-time so still a relatively small team um, i guess very expensive obviously <laughs> right because uh, everyone will realize like just how labor and of course like not only that but like being able to like provide raises incentive programs and profit sharing and all that like you really need to like focus on growing that team and making sure that they're in it for the long run and they feel that value right because can't do it on your own so um but yeah I mean the different positions again we have PR help fulfillment uh, retail um kind of operations marketing sales um kind of like the draft we have the creative team of threes so um, that's that's kind of like you know the, the bulk of it and then of course we have a, a videographer a photographer digital like marketing um you know all those positions it's like what's crucial for us and then we have Alyssa, who's our executive director of the foundation side of things. So, um, yeah, I could touch on anything in more further detail, but it's been cool to, like, you know, start with only us, but, like, you know, bring on people, like, great people that are going to help you grow your team because it's, it's so tough to, it's impossible to do it on your own.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I can definitely attest to that uh, in an industry where there's a lot of people do do it on their own. If you really want to provide a special experience, um, you know, for me in a service industry, you've got to have the right people in place to, to support you. Because if you try to be, you know, if you try to be all things to all people, you're going to be very mediocre at it. And there's yeah. just not enough time in the day to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of at a super high level, unless you've got the right people in place to back you up.
1: Yeah, and, and the reality of that is you do have to do that at the beginning, or at least for us, right? I know everyone's situation is different, but we were you know, delivering orders. We were fulfilling orders. We were doing all the social media. We were, you know, every, everything that involved in the business was, was us. And I still like to be very, obviously, heavily involved because you still have to. But, but like, uh, it's such a, what you learn is like, once you invest into the right people, that helps you just grow that much more. And that, thankfully, we've been able to grow year over year every year in business. So that says a lot about about the team and who's on it and uh, they're passionate about helping us grow. But, you know, it is very scary, you know, even leaving full-time jobs and then investing more into yourself. But the more you invest in yourself, the more you're, you're committing to the business and you're not, you know, you know answering a million emails a day, you're doing more, you know, strategic work and stuff like that. So yeah, you have to do it at the right times, but it definitely, uh, you definitely can't do it on your own
0: it sounds like you guys are really good at leveraging relationships and your network. Um, it sounds like that's what you're doing with your foundation that you're, you're growing. And sounds like what you kind of did, um, to get state 48 off the ground in the early days and, and still doing it to today. hundred percent. I
1: mean, again, that's, that's near and dear to my heart. And I came from the hotel industry, hospitality industry, so you got to love people. So that, that translated well. Um, and again, like you guys, these people are the ones they, they got to feel valued they're going to be um they're part of your your future right so that, that's the exciting part is being to like take care of your team when you're able to um but yeah relationships are everything even with all our partners and collaborations like we always like to say like it's so much more than a transaction we don't ever want it to be at a point where it is feels like a transaction like hey uh, what can we do for you what can you do for us like we're all helping each other and like i think collaborations is, is just has been so crucial to the growth of our business and i think any business, you know, it, you could collaborate in so many different, unique ways, Uh, but we're always grateful for anyone that helps us or spends a dollar with us. How,
0: how have you grown those collaborations with, you know, some of the, I definitely get the nonprofit and the, the um, charity side of things, but in terms of, you know, some of the professional sports teams and the collegiate sports teams uh, here in Arizona, how have you grown those collaborations?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll share a quick story. So our first big collaboration was with Bruce Arians, the former Cardinals head coach, which is now, you know, him and his family are like, I mean, they're like family. So I will say like early in 2014 when we were first getting started and like our first big collaboration was with BA through a connection. Um, we pitched them these, these designs, ends up being like the silhouette of BA, became really a popular Cardinal shirt. Now like has been their foundation logo for many years. Um they just got it right like money went back to the Arians Family Foundation which helped neglected children with a bad upbringing so you know BAO is always famous in saying like helping kids is is a hell of a lot more important than winning football games and they mean that so like that only like you know we've felt how you know impactful you know some of these collaborations could be but also to your point about how you get involved with the sports teams like that was our first big break and then you know the Cardinals had a lot of success you know that was kind of become like the Cardinals T-shirt. We were selling a lot of shirts, raising a lot of money. Uh, we'd be at all Bruce Arians events. You know, I was just at his event in Tampa. So like I said, they're still like family. But then after that, you know, it gave us credibility. Dimebacks took notice. and we started working Diamondbacks and the Suns, and then the Mercury. Like it just all kind of came together, and like everything is just all about relationships. You you, give, you build a good reputation, people want to work with. You know, it's they want to work with people they like, and it's easy to work with. So. Uh, definitely contribute a lot of that success to um, Bruce Arians and the foundation for like giving us that first shot Um, and then from there like you you know you could have a shot but how do you then you you execute and take care of the people right away Um, and then of course it involves so much more than sports and then you know organizations around the valley like we we feel confident that like we hope that we feel like we could work with every organization in Arizona whether it's on the collaboration side or now we're offering screen printing embroidery services even it has nothing to do with state 48 so another way we've kind of evolved and grown and and offered new services but um we we want to be that one-stop shop for everything apparel in arizona
0: so you guys are doing custom embroidery and screen prints for for non-state 48 apparel
1: yeah so that's that's been something we've been major uh been a major focus early this year so we've been educating a lot of partners now that we do it and so yeah even if, part, if you went to our website too, it has information on screen printing and embroidery services, but also collaboration. So there's a different part of it. But like, again, we're trying to evolve and offer new revenue streams without trying to go outside of what we already do. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's gonna be a big opportunity for us too.
0: What does it cost a small business to collaborate with you and use your branding in, in conjunction with their branding?
1: Yeah. So, any collaboration T-shirts there's a minimum order of fifty shirts. Um, obviously, the more you order, them, the the less the price per shirt gets. But the the most expensive um, investment you'll have is eighteen dollars per shirt at fifty shirts. Um, a dollar of that also benefits our foundation. Um, and then the, the the large the larger order. Of the more you order, the less the price it gets, so that gets down as low as eleven dollars per shirt. But all that includes our design time. We're creating the designs for you based off your vision. We're helping on the marketing side, and again, we want it to be a relationship. So, if two months down the road, you're like, "Hey, can we donate? Can you donate something for our event?" But yeah, of course. You know, so it's it's always so much more than that. But yeah, very minimal investment in our opinion um, for the fact that too, you know, we always suggest, "Hey, if you're selling these, not everyone sells them, but like if you are reselling them." Sell them, you sell them for $28, 30 you can not only make your investment back, but it's been proven to be successful to create a, a you know, a profit on a lot of this. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, that's the, the most expensive, the most investment you will have is $18 for sure for 50 shirts.
0: Very cool. That's, uh, that's really interesting that you guys are, are growing that as kind of another um, revenue stream for, for your business.
1: Yeah. And then of course, like the screen print brewery, that's always going to be, that's just a minimum order of 24. And that's always dependent on like what type of shirts, what kind of print, where, how many prints. So there's variables on that part, but that could be very, that's much less expensive for the most part, just because we're not designing, we're not, you know, there's added marketing. We're just literally printing, printing whatever you want printed. So yeah, I mean, just continue to evolve. And that was the, the cool thing is like at the very beginning it's important to pivot and listen to what people want. Right. Because beginning like, Hey, let's just make all these cool like Arizona sports designs or like knock off the Suns and Dimebacks, and like quickly realize like that is not the route to go. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be that organization that is benefiting off someone else. We want those, those partnerships to be in place. You know, we get a lot of that feedback. Oh, make this shirt, make this shirt. Well, I wish it was that easier. Go make it. And you know, uh, you know, whoever it might be, it's like, we need that permission and we want it to be a partnership. So, uh, we definitely do it the right way.
0: That's good. So we've talked a lot about your successes, um, in, in, in state 48, what are, what are some of your biggest frustrations that not only you face today, but in challenges, but when you were coming up and getting started as well, I always think our audience benefits from some of those early challenges and how you guys, you know, use that word pivoted, uh, pivoted around them and, and, you know, to give the kind of the public what they want.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love this part, um, talking about the challenges, because there's a lot of them, right. But at the beginning, like I mentioned already, like, we had no time, you have no time, you have no money, you have no resources, right? Of course, you, you make the best out of it. So I always think it's very important, to like, if anyone's inspiring to do something of their own, like, they better be passionate about what they want to do, because, to sacrifice a lot of time And just for example like we were all working full-time jobs and i was I as operations manager at a hotel working 10 11 12 hour days and then still having that passion to like want to work go home shower eat go work on state 48 and i was like what i knew like my purpose was right so at the beginning like you have no time you have no money no resources as you grow it even gets it gets harder and harder because now you're responsible for you know your, your team how do you keep everyone you know, happy? How do you invest back into them? But also being smart about making sure the business is doing well enough where you're not hurting the growth, right? So um, <clears throat> another big challenge we had in our situation was, again, like I never thought it would have been business in, in business with Stefan and Nick. And Stefan, again, we played t-ball together. Like we were great like fr- friends growing up in, in high school and we had that commonality of, of sports. Uh, We just had been living together at the time. We are working together at the hotel and then, like, hey, let's go into business together and brought his, you know, younger brother on who I knew, but I didn't really know, or know, excuse me. But working – my point is, like, working with friends is extremely hard for family. They were, like, best friends, you know. When just having those hard, like, conversations are just – it's just so much more difficult when you're with friends. So I always tell people, too, like, hey – not saying it can't work because we made it work. Um, Stefan's no longer in the business. He exited, um, but it it was a great thing. Like our relationship's better, but we, uh, he'll tell you too, like for many years, like we hardly even talked to each other. It was just like, you know, the day-to-day and work. So that's, that's always been a huge challenge. And then like, again, the more you grow, the more stress you have. And like, for me, my mind's like, uh, my mindset's like, I'm never satisfied, which is not not always the the best thing, but you kind of you kind of need that, right? So like even when you have a great week, you're like, oh crap, like what are the next you know five things we're gonna do? and And so that's that's where it's like you gotta always be going, going going. and it's just it brings on that much more stress, being responsible for other team members and like growing and making sure you make the right decision because if you make a bad decision at, you know expensive decision at this point, could really hurt your business so even especially at the beginning you know any bad decisions it could like you know it could kill your business so um so yeah those are several different like challenges but i would say always like the, the time and the money and the resources and again you just better have that passion to like to be able to like overcome that and then it's important just to celebrate those small wins along the way
0: yeah i think you touched on a couple of key points there um you know, I've got a, a good friend he's an attorney and uh, a business attorney and, and he would always lecture me when in the early days of my business I had a business partner as well that you need to sit down and talk about all of the the things that could happen with a business while you're still friends yep. the worst the worst time to sit down and talk about this kind of stuff is when things are bad and trust me things will be bad. So talk about them now while you're friends and figure them out. It's it's almost like you know a marriage and and having those conversations up front before things get sideways on you. Because uh, trying to go back when you're fighting or when when things are difficult and they will be difficult when you're doing a startup uh, is is super challenging.
1: Yeah. And and you know, especially over several years, things change, right? Like you're like, maybe you're all in and then like you get married or have kids or like, yeah. you know, like you even you're, you're to your point, like the legal side, we didn't have an operating agreement in place. We didn't talk about roles. We were like doing all the same crap and we're wasting a bunch of time. And then like, once it evolves and like, they knew I want to do this forever. Like maybe someone wasn't as passionate and like, th- again, things just change. Life happens. Right. But like, if you don't have that in place at the beginning and it's like, we didn't know that we didn't know it so like that i'm grateful to like gone through this and know like not only give advice and again to your point of like or uh to my point about the the foundation and creating that entrepreneurship series like we want to help people like not make those same mistakes that we did and so many other people made um because it again it's so crucial to um, not not do those early in 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 the early stages but yeah um yeah Yeah, 100 percent. things change
0: yeah. Yeah. They definitely do. People grow. And like you said, you get married, you have kids, people's financial situation changes. There's just so many externalities that can kind of happen that really affects, affects the business and affects the partnership. So you've got to have those conversations up front. Um, and then the other thing you were talking about is passion. Um, it makes me think of, uh, uh, if you're familiar with who Darren Hardy is, he wrote a book called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. And, and, it, and the, the book talks about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And you know the main thesis uh, that he he covers is that when you're an entrepreneur, 95% of your day is just going to suck. It's just going to be terrible. You're going to hate it. But that 5%, that 5% uh, that is great, you need to be passionate about it, focus on it, because that 5% makes up for the 95% that's going to suck. And if you don't have that, it, you're not going to be successful. So, I think that passion has to be there. Otherwise, you're not going to be, you're not going to grind it out uh, when things are tough.
1: Yeah. I, I believe that at the early stages, like I would say, it's obviously much different for the last several years, just because, like, again, like I'm doing what I love. So, like, at the end of the day, like you put it in perspective, it's like, yeah, you're going to have your normal parts of the business, but I wear whatever I want to work. You know, I did, you know, other get to work with teams. And like, so when you put those things in, in perspective, like I would say, it's almost the opposite. But at the beginning, to your point, it's just like, or his point, it's like, yeah, like when you're working nonstop, nonstop, and you're, we didn't take a dollar the first couple of years of business. That's that's the ninety-five percent that really sucks, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. But if you see that big picture in the vision, like you know that that's where it gets to the point where now it's like, and I love coming to work. I love being able, to, you know, now with our new office space, we got everyone here at least three days a week so like be able to build those relationships and and just kind of like have that family that's who we spent that's what i spent all my time with is everyone at work so you better you know again love the working with the people you work with so um i would say again the opposite now but at those first several years that's that's totally true yeah yeah
0: and i should amend my statement he he was talking about when you're first starting starting up yeah so but it's, uh, you know, it's interesting when you do start to become successful. I still think that some of those underlying issues lie there. And it's amazing what, when you're making money, the money can kind of cover up those, those issues. So I think, you know, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you just always have to be aware that those things, those things are there. Um, you know, and my biggest challenge as an owner has always been dealing with it feels like you're you're taking two, three steps forward, and then as things seem like they're kind of running on autopilot, something always comes out of left field and knocks you back. And so you might take three steps forward, then two steps back, and then two steps forward, and you know half a step back, and it's just this constant kind of back and forth.
1: I mean, and on to that point, like the pandemic was like obviously not only holy crap but like it the beauty the benefit of it was like you know because as an entrepreneur like you know growing business you're always go 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 right and a lot of my role too is like being out and about meeting business development like you're always at work all day then you're out at night and then you know there's so much to that of like building relationships or weekends or anyway like the pandemic allowed us to really like me personally personally and professionally take a step back see, hey, where can we improve our business? Like there's so much more process we, processes we need to implement. Like, I was just like, again, the positive side, I was like very grateful for being forced not to say yes to going to dinners and events and stuff like that because it allowed me to like, not only take a breath and get caught up, um, but like be more strategic. And, like, again, like implement so many processes and setting programs and like just things that we needed to do to really legitimize our business to take us to that next level. Um, allowed us to do that, thankfully.
0: Yeah, I mean, the it's interesting the some of the silver linings that came out of the pandemic. And one, I've been making the argument that the pandemic has actually been good, as strange as this sounds, for Arizona, that and Phoenix specifically. That I think. <laughs> we've been a kind of a second tier city for a really long time. And I think that the pandemic has really pushed us into kind of that first level, first tier city within the United States. And I think people are finally recognizing Phoenix for, for what it has. And then I think it gave a lot of people time, time back with their families, time to focus on different parts of their business that they've neglected for a very long time. Um, You know, it's a it's a tragedy, and I obviously wish it never happened. But if you look at to try to find some of the silver linings in it, you know, I think those are just a couple.
1: Yeah, amen. It's it's still awful. I mean, again, coming from the hotel industry, like knowing how many people, like you know, you would never think like sports and hospitality would ever be, you know, hit like something like this, and it just sucks that anyone was affected personally and professionally. But again, like it is what it is and it's just like you got to make the best out of it that's always kind of my mindset is like all right well no one's going to feel sorry for us if we go out you know out of business and thankfully you know we you know had a, a great year in 2020 but a lot of that was because we pivoted and we tried new things and we like you know um invested in a new website like do did the things that was necessary with building a community for you know at that point seven years that like really wanted to support us you know so that was amazing too but yeah it's uh again you gotta just make the best out of it but there's definitely some positives that, that came out of it uh, just, you know like take a step back and be more strategic and think more big picture
0: absolutely absolutely so uh before we wrap up is there anything that uh you wanted to touch on that maybe we didn't uh dive into i think
1: we, we covered a lot um definitely appreciate the opportunity. To talk. i love talking about work um, if anyone's not familiar with state 48 check us out at state4a.com that's all spelled out that's all our social media channels state4a.com gives us all information on our story and our products and the foundation and everything so uh, it's kind of a, a one-stop shop to learn about state 4 if anyone's interested
0: yeah we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes for sure that was going to be my my last question to kind of wrap things up is how okay. do people find you and buy your stuff but uh so you know you're one step ahead of me which is great so we'll make sure that we tag that and put it in the show notes and you know, Mike, I really appreciate the time that you took out of your busy day. I know you've got a lot going on, um, but talking with our audience about State 48 and how you guys got your start and uh, where you're headed, it's been, uh, it's been a fascinating conversation.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm grateful and uh, congrats, everything you're doing too.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been another edition of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix, and I will see you guys next time. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you who tuned in for this episode of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix. I know there are many podcasts out there, and I truly appreciate that you chose to listen to mine. If you go ahead and subscribe and leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Lastly, I wanted to remind you that this episode was brought to you by Myriad Real Estate Group. So if you ever have any questions about real estate or are looking to buy or sell in the Phoenix area, please visit myriadaz.com, which will be linked in the description. Thanks again for tuning in to Danny Brown Talks Phoenix.